This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Kenira. Thanks for joining us. Florida is known for its robust public records laws. With case law dating back to the early 1900s, the Government in the Sunshine Law enacted in 1967, and a number of amendments to the state's constitution, one as recent as 2012. Legislation is moving through the Florida legislature during the 2023 session that would enact an exemption to Florida public record laws to hide details of travel by the governor and his immediate family and numerous other government officials including the Chief Justice of the Florida Supreme Court. It would also exempt visitor logs to the governor's mansion and would apply retroactively, meaning details of past travel and visits would also be shielded. Critics say it's the most aggressive assault on our public records protections ever. The Senate version of the bill passed along party lines on April 19th, and the House version is up for consideration today and is expected to pass and be signed by Governor DeSantis. To get some context, I spoke last Thursday with Barbara Peters, She's executive director of the Florida Center for Government Accountability and former head of the First Amendment Foundation. Let's hear that now. Barbara Peterson, welcome back to Gulf Coast Life. Thanks for having me. So for starters, real quickly, remind our listeners what the Florida Center for Government Accountability does. We do two things. Uh, One uh, program focuses on investigative journalism. We're working off tips from citizens We do investigative stories, mostly at the local level. Um, In fact, we've collaborated with WGCU on a few stories. And then our public access initiatives program helps um, citizens and uh, reporters with public records requests. So we can help, uh, you know, answer questions about a request, help people draft a public records request, And then uh, if we run into uh, some recalcitrant legislators or local government people, um, we will sue in order to enforce the public's right of access. Uh, And we also collaborate with a number of media outlets in Florida on their reporting of big stories across the state. So uh, remind our listeners, you've been working on issues around public records laws and government transparency and accountability here in Florida for quite some time, right? Thirty five years. (laughs) Um, I just referred to a woman as as an elderly woman. And then I realized she was three years younger than me. So, (laughs) yes, for about thirty five years, I worked for the Florida legislature for about four or five years and then uh, ran the First Amendment Foundation based here in Tallahassee for 25 years and then started FLCGA. So what did you think, um, as somebody who's worked in this field for a very long time, uh, when you saw this new legislation start working its way through the system in Tallahassee? It's uh, Senate Bill 1616 and House Bill 1495. Um, It is, I was dismayed, frankly. Um, It, this legislation is the biggest assault on our public records law in my experience, in my 35 years. Uh, I mean, in those 35 years, I've always worked with the legislature, always tracked open government legislation. And this is by far uh, the worst legislation I've seen. If it's not a question of if it becomes law, I'm afraid when it becomes law, we won't know where our governor's going, who he's going with, is the state being reimbursed for use of the plane, And 
there was an amendment to the bill that made a bad bill even worse, and that is an exemption for the identity of anyone who visits the governor at the governor's mansion or visits the governor at his office. All of that information will be exempt. And it's broader than just the governor, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly long list of, of people and even some categories. Correct. It applies to the lieutenant governor, applies to the governor and his family, the lieutenant governor, cabinet members, um, the Speaker of the House, the Senate President, and the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, as well as anyone the governor requests protection services for. Hmm. So it's a huge list. Uh, The bill uh, would apply this exemption retroactively. And I've talked to some reporters over the last couple of weeks who have been waiting eight, nine, ten months for travel records they've requested. Those ex- those requests will just disappear because of the retroactivity of this exemption. So by retroactive in this case, it literally means, you know, I guess all the way back to when Governor DeSantis was first elected or or just it could even go back before long beyond that. I don't know what the. Uh, you know, all public records have to be retained and maintained for a certain period of time. And I don't know what the retention requirement is for travel records, uh, but assuming it's 10 years, it could go all the way back to Scott's administration. Um, it, it, so, yeah, it's it's like overkill. And we understand the need to protect uh, the governor and his family and, and other public officials as well. Uh, and, you know, his security detail and how they provide protective services to him, I can understand a need to protect that information. But how is it a security issue if we get the names of people who visited the governor's mansion two weeks ago or get his travel records, you know, for his the junket he's on now six months from now? How does that affect or impact the governor's security. I just don't understand it. Um, Republican Senator Jonathan Martin, he's from here in Fort Myers, he's the uh, Senate sponsor of the bill, said that he sponsored the bill because FDLE requested it. He said, quote, they were like, wait a second, if all of this gets out, people can put together things they were doing to protect the governor and figure out who the people we have, which hotels we stay at, and things like that. But then he also said, I think what we're trying to do is protect the people that are protecting him. And I found that to be an odd quote. Um, I've also heard them say that uh, FDLE requested the exemption because they were getting too many public records requests. Um, and, and the First Amendment Foundation offered an amendment that would have narrowed the exemption so that it applied only to the travel records and not to the protective services records. Uh, and that was shot down both in the House and the Senate. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. As I said, you know, we understand why protective services, but I don't understand the need to protect the names of the people who are protecting the governor, their public servants, um, their law enforcement officers, well-trained law enforcement officers. uh, And I know of no threat to them, and I haven't been offered any anecdotal evidence that there have been threats to the protection teams. And how do we figure out, you know, where the governor is going to be next month by looking at last month's records? 
Um, you know, if there was something in the record that said the governor routinely stays at the Days Inn uh, in Fort Myers, then, you know, we might want to redact that. But I can't imagine that that's the case, that, that everything is so routine that finding out what happened, you know, last month would affect the governor's security this month. You know, there's another line in the bill. I actually read through the actual bill language that I found really curious. Um, uh, quote, the failure to provide security or transportation services could result in a clear and present danger to the personal safety of such persons or to the safety of other persons or property within the state or, and here's the part, could result in public embarrassment to the state. Have you ever, what is, what do you think that means? That he stays in the days in? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, how could it be embarrassing to the state. That makes no sense. Unless, of course, we found out that, I mean, one of the things this bill, you know, will exempt is the travel records include compensation or, or uh, I can't say compensation, reimbursement information. So, for example, if the governor, FDLE is required to protect the governor when he's acting in his capacity as governor, and while he's on the campaign trail or when he was on his book tour, FDLE must protect the governor. So FDLE travels with him. Now, when he was on his book tour, was he using the state plane? Was his publisher reimbursing the state? Uh, when he's, you know, when he, he announces his bid for the presidency, his campaign will have to pick up the travel costs. So is the campaign reimbursing us? And we found in the past that, you know, for example, uh, Senator Jim King, who's who's unfortunately no longer with us, was a senator from Jacksonville. He was misusing the state plane and had to reimburse us for, for his use. Even Governor Crist, uh, we found some irregularities and, and he was forced to reimburse the state. So you know, this goes way beyond just just protecting the governor. And that's the only thing I could think that might be embarrassing is if we found out that he was using the plane, you know, in a way that wasn't consistent with state law. Hmm. That would be embarrassing and also not consistent with state law. Um, yeah. You know, another example of that goes all the way back to 96 with Governor Lawton Childs. He also was caught using Florida state right. planes. So exactly. this is this is precedented. Um, you know, another line in the legislation I, I I want to just highlight and have you flesh out. Um, it says, furthermore, the Open Government Sunset Review Act provides that a public record or public meeting exemption may be created or maintained only if it serves an identifiable public purpose. So I guess in this case, the rationale is the public purpose is the safety of those that are exempted? Right. And it's, it's actually, um, it's also in the Constitution. You know, we have Florida's got a constitutional right of access. We have the statutory right under Chapter 119 and then the constitutional right, which is in Article 1, Section 24. And there is a standard in Article 1 for the creation of new exemptions. And it says that every exemption bill must include a statement of public necessity and then the exemption can be no broader than that stated purpose. So if the purpose of this is to protect the security of the governor, it doesn't make much sense, as I've already talked about, that we're getting information from last week, last month, six months ago, 
how does that impact the security of the governor? And it the, the scope of this exemption is just, it, that's what I find so chilling because it is literally anything the governor does, anywhere he goes, anybody he meets with, who's traveling with him on that plane, we won't know. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guest. Barbara Peterson is executive director of the Florida Center for Government Accountability. We're discussing legislation being considered in Tallahassee that would enact an exemption to Florida's public records laws to hide details of travel by Governor uh, DeSantis, the governor's immediate family, visiting governors and their families, and numerous other government officials, including the chief justice of the Florida Supreme Court. If passed into law, the measure would apply retroactively, meaning details of past travel would also be shielded. It's the most recent example of efforts to carve exemptions into Florida's sunshine laws, which are meant to keep government activity open to the public. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topic or any of our episodes, just find us on Facebook or on Twitter. As I understand it, so the Senate side, the Senate bill has passed on party line. Um, and, and from what I understand from one of our reporters in Tallahassee, the House bill might be up for consideration later today. Do you know what the timeline is for that? Um, I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, okay. I checked just before we got on the air, and I'm checking again right now. The House bill is not on the special order calendar in the House this week. Um, so once the bill, you know, so the Senate bill has passed out of the Senate and now is sitting over there in the House, the House bill 1495 has passed, been approved by all its committees of reference and is now on the House calendar. And if they play by their rules, which they don't always do, they frequently waive their rules, uh, the House will put the House bill on the special order calendar and that's when we know that they're ready to pass it. Understood. Um, and it's not, it's just still on the calendar. It's not on the special order calendar. And we have the House special order calendar uh, for tomorrow, and it's not on that calendar either. So it will be sometime next week. But it is expected to go before the House. This, this won't just end there, right? No, I'm afraid not. I'm hmm. afraid not. It's really been, you know, there's another issue that's hanging out there. It's not uh, a question of legislation, uh, but Governor DeSantis and a number of his, uh, he's been sued for various things, you know, all of the, the changes he's made, you know, the Disney stuff, you know, there are lots of lawsuits that have been filed. And in many of those lawsuits, uh, including a couple of public records allegations that he violated the public records law, he has asserted executive privilege and executive privilege doesn't exist in the state of Florida. There is a federal uh, executive privilege that applies to the president, but that's only in, uh, it's an executive privilege when it's an issue related to national security. And executive privilege allows the president or Governor DeSantis, if this goes through, allows him to decide what records, what public records we would see. He could decide to withhold public records. And he could also decide that people who are in litigation against the governor or his administration would not be able to, de to depose certain members of his staff. And that is a very, very dangerous precedent. So 
as I said, executive privilege doesn't exist in the state of Florida, but in one public records lawsuit that was heard over the fall, uh, Judge Angela Dempsey agreed with the governor and said he had executive privilege and did not have to release public records. Um, that case is now on appeal. And if that's really frightening, if we have, I mean, this is what makes Florida unique uh, in our constitution and in our hundred years of, of, of more than a hundred years of case law, only the legislature can create exceptions to our right of access. So that means there's no balancing of interests by a government authority. A record is either subject to disclosure or it is exempt from public disclosure. And to allow the governor to decide what records we're going to see, we might as well kiss the public records law goodbye. You know, the the Senate version passed, already passed the Senate. It was a party line vote. And I went through and dug through some of the committee votes on the House side. And there were at least four Democrats who did vote in favor of this um, in the criminal justice subcommittee. Um, and it does t- require two thirds majority. But with the Republicans holding a supermajority, I guess that's pretty easily doable these days. It is. It is. And it was rare uh, in the past, uh, you know, it would happen on occasion where where there was enough opposition to an exemption that it, the the bill didn't pass for failure to get that two thirds vote. And last year, uh, the legislature we had a, a bad exemption passed last year. It was an exemption for the university uh, information about people who apply for university presidents positions. And that bill passed only because four Democrats voted for it. Uh, If they had voted against it, the bill would not have passed. And so, you know, these party lines, and and I should point out, these are not partisan issues. Open government, we get good bills from Republicans just as frequently as we get bad bills from Democrats. So it's not a partisan issue. Uh, But this issue of keeping a governor accountable to the public is an issue that that the Democrats have routinely over the past been very adamant about, that that accountability is critically important. And so uh, I would be surprised uh, if on the floor, the Democrats, if, if in the House, that if it, I doubt that there would be any crossovers, but there might be. I've been surprised before. Um, If passed into law, or I think it's safe to assume when passed into law, uh, do you expect this to be challenged in the courts? And, you know, do you think it could possibly eventually be ruled as unconstitutional? Any challenge, you have two avenues when you challenge a, a, a bill in court. It's either or a law. So once it's signed into law and it becomes law on the governor's signature, it's not like other you know, legislation that becomes effective July 1st or October 1st, this becomes law as soon as the governor signs it. And so if you want to challenge it, an exemption, you challenge it either on constitutional grounds, and this bill might be subject to a constitutional challenge, because as I said, you know, the security of the governor is the stated necessity. And that doesn't really hold water on all of the information that this bill would exempt. Um, So it could be ripe for a constitutional challenge. And then the other avenue would be a challenge on the exemption as applied or interpreted. 
So if FDLE started, you know, redacting all sorts of information uh, about the governor's travel that wasn't included in this, then that would be another avenue. Uh, but I would think that the best way to deal with this would be a constitutional challenge once it becomes law. Uh, what are your thoughts, you know, somebody who's followed government in Florida for a long time on how I think robustly would be a fair word um, the Republicans have wielded their supermajority during this 2023 session? Um, what the governor wants, the governor gets. Uh, and even when you have Democrats opposing and even some Republicans opposing uh, some of this legislation, it just it doesn't matter. Um, like I said, what he wants, he gets. And that's, you know, it's dismaying for anyone who believes in the rule of law and supports, you know, the democratic process uh, because people are shut out. And one thing that this legislature has done that I've never seen before is when citizens and, and people come to Tallahassee to testify either for or against a piece of legislation. That's a big commitment. You, you know, coming from Fort Myers, how long of a drive is it? Five, six hours? You have to take the day off. You have to drive up here because it costs too much to fly. You're going to have to spend the night. It's a big commitment. And this legislature, at least the House, has been limiting public testimony to a minute or even 30 seconds. So people who have spent the day getting here are told they have 30 seconds or a minute to express their support or their opposition. That's just a travesty. Um, before we end the show, can you give us a sense of how common exemptions to the Sunshine Laws have been over the course of you know the past 20 or 30 years and how sort of more or less common they've become in recent years? I was tracking um, all open government bills when I was at the foundation. So I started there at the First Amendment Foundation. I started there in 1995. And I actually have a summary of how many exemptions passed every year. And we see on average probably eight to 10 new exemptions every year. And I believe the number, the total number of exemptions right now is about 1,200. And in part, that's because of our constitution and our case law exemptions are to be uh, strictly construed and narrowly applied. That's the legal, legal language. So if they create, if the legislature creates a new program, they may, might need new exemptions for sensitive information or some of the meetings. So that's partly the reason we see so many exemptions. As I said, there's no balancing of interests. And in some states might have a dozen exemptions, but the custodian, the custodial agency, the government official can decide whether you get that record or not. And that's not the case in Florida. When government denies my public records request, government is required to give me the statutory citation that authorizes their denial. So in one sense, we got a lot of them, but it's not necessarily all bad. But there are exemptions they're creating that serve special interests. There's no reason for those exemptions to exist. And unfortunately, that's a regular occurrence. 
Well, that is unfortunately all the time we have, Barbara, but I want to thank you for joining me today. Barbara Peterson is Executive Director of the Florida Center for Government Accountability. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Mike. I enjoyed it. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.